Welcome to the Hannibal Files, a Strange Harbors podcast. This is a weekly discussion of Brian Fuller's serial killer drama, Hannibal, which is now streaming on Netflix. Tonight, we're talking about episodes five and six of the third and final season, titled Contorno and Dolce, respectively. Tonight, I'm joined by... Amir Toure. And Derek Wong. All right. So, we are in the home stretch of this first arc of the final season. I will say that these two episodes were definitely a step up from... I mean, episode three, at least. I, I've warmed up to episode four, uh, like we said last week. But um, I was surprised by how much I liked these two episodes. Um, I think my original memory was that I just didn't enjoy this arc quite as much as uh, the second season. But I think it's up there. I mean, I don't think it has the thematic resonance of the end of the second season, but I definitely had just as much fun with these two episodes. What about you guys? Yeah, they're pretty good. Um, not quite to the heights of the end of season two, but the, especially the end of uh, Dolce gets, uh, gets very... Very kinetic. It's exciting. So, yeah, quite enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I thought episode five, Contorno, started off a little bit slow. But, I mean, it definitely, of course, picks up by the end of the episode. And, of course, I think six kind of rides that, that train. <laughs> that, that momentum, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <Nice. laughs> and, and, yeah, it takes that momentum and kind of keeps going for six. I thought six was a great episode. Yeah, I, I would say, like, six was stronger than five. And five is still stronger than, I think, probably the last two episodes. This kind of arc, this first half of season three is, is kind of on an upturn. And I guess to speak on that, I, I feel like season three is a little bit different than the last two seasons because it, there is a very clear split, right? It does feel like there's a part A and a part B to season three. Oh, yeah, for sure. Two had that too, like will in prison, will not in prison. But I guess that's this, true. This is even more of a stark separation i suppose yeah, yeah. different time periods different people different like, like you go from animal free to animal not free i guess yeah i think season two flowed from will in prison to the showdown right there's a nice transition there but here it's pretty cut and dry where, where it splits with these two episodes i found myself being surprised at how much better things got once will was folded back into the main action. And or when, once you got, like, Will, Jack, and Hannibal all yeah, back together. together. Yeah, together. Yeah, 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 getting the gang back together. I, I definitely agree with that sentiment. Yeah, I, I was just, I was getting a little annoyed with Will in the first uh, four episodes where he's just meandering on his own. And, I don't know, just the way he talks and, like, all his scenes are with Chio and just, and... Ghost Abigail, it just Ghost didn't Abigail. really work for me. I was like, she was a drag, dude. Yeah. Thank God she fucking threw him off the train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the most action those two have gotten, really, in their arc. And I, I think that's partially the reason why I say the first part of this episode's a little bit slow to me, because it is a lot of cutting back to Chio and, and Will on this train, and they're just talking, and there's really nothing happening. But and then it picks up when you know she flings him off the train, which was kind of for cool. no fucking reason. Like uh, she just doesn't have any fucking motivation. Like, well, she's know, like, she's all right. Chio has grown on me in these last two episodes. I think she's a little more uh, than useless. I think um, she's she's a little better than than when she was first introduced. I think she's still extraneous. I'm not I'm not debating yeah, that. You don't need her, right? Like, yeah. But she she has some killer lines that will will. 
talk about later, especially in Dolce, but I do. Dude, go for it. Like, what did, what did, what did she do for you that's memorable? I don't have a memorable line from Chio. She has her little talk with Bedelia. I really like that, right? Because she was like, you must be his bird. I'm his bird too. He puts us in cages to see what we'll do, right? It's, uh, I I think that's a, that's a great line. And I think there's a nice little through line, like among Bedelia, Chio, and Abigail of all these women that Hannibal has like groomed i would say yeah exactly mm. so um okay. and i do like chio with a chio with a sniper rifle protecting yes Hannibal. that's a very cool image uh, uh-huh. her outfit's great love the gloves the jacket uh, the coat like yeah she looks fantastic there very like chic very chic assassin chic it's uh assassin chic <laughs> i mean i guess if we're just diving into chio like i mean i guess that's how we'll start out this episode i mean her motivations are still very unclear to me and i and maybe you're not supposed to really understand her C- could she really be someone like so far under in the sense that even though hannibal really hasn't had contact with her but i guess we don't know if hannibal has contact with her that she's still like willing to protect him and and be influenced by him it's 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 a little light on me like believing that this is the case, I guess the evidence isn't there for me to really believe that she would, for some reason, be so protective of Hannibal. Well, so like the thing is, like her motivations aren't undecipherable. You just don't get the uh, development that you need to get to understanding it, right? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's like a very, uh, for me, a very underdeveloped character that I just don't understand how she gets to where she gets to right i sort of liked her better when she was sort of a more of a will analog like when she was the person who was fucked up by hannibal and then like kind of didn't really know where it was if it was love or hate or duty or whether it was independence or enslavement to him like she was a bit liminal at the beginning and now she's sort of definitively picked the side of hannibal it seems and so it's a lot less interesting. It's like, oh, she's just like somebody who is like, who's like, kind of still under his thrall. It's like, man, I don't know. And, like, yeah. and she's not like Abigail, right? She's not like a teenage girl looking for a father figure, like, uh, yeah. you know, in, in like constant contact with him. She's like, like you say, I mean, presumably um, they haven't had much contact in many years. I don't know. I guess this hook's got in deep or something. But yeah, it just isn't, it, it isn't super yeah. compelling stuff. Yeah. I mean, we don't need to turn it into the Chio Hour Hour, but uh, probably the least interesting character in these two episodes. No fault of uh, Tao Okamoto. I I like the actress a lot, but she's, like we said last week, she's a little too little too late for a new character. But, um, I mean, let's... let's, Yeah. Delia de Maurier. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, I fucking love her, man. She's great. She's so good. I mean... Let's let's just start with Contorno, right? Because uh, I love this episode. I everything with Jack. I like his newfound confidence and the ass beating he gives Hannibal is just uh, is just great. Um, I mean, we'll get yeah, to it's that. Wonderful, towards the wonderfully end of the- cathartic. Even in that fight, you could just tell like his acting through just like body language was just like this man of confidence. This man of like I am a different person than you last fought, right? I really yeah. enjoy that aspect of that fight. But yeah, we'll get, we can get that to that how, later. How much of that do you think is from not being weighed down by Bella? I think that's that's a big part of it, right? Cause like they, yeah, they, I mean, because we do see in this episode, right? He goes to that bridge, he he releases her ashes, but then he also like throws away his ring, right? Which is very symbolic of their relationship. And 
maybe letting that part of his life go and yeah. that, the weight of that go. I mean, is that just like a generic, like, women hold men back from doing their duty thing or something? Because I never got that no, from their specific no. relationship, right? Yeah, like, no, no, I mean, no, 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 no. I, I get it in the more, like, metaphorical level of, like, he's, like, letting go of his past and, like, his, like... I don't know previous like defeat or skeletal defeat by hand yeah. or whatever, but like no, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's the like no a, that trope. No, not at all. Line. Like yeah, I, yeah, I just don't buy this direct through line. But yeah, I totally get what you guys are saying as far as you know. Um, he's a completely different man now. Um, yeah, and I think that's the extent that I took from it. It's just that there's a change in Jack. It's not necessarily like Bella was holding him back or anything. It's just there's a change. There's definitely a change in him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The one thing I wanted to really bring up was early on we get is how, I guess, Alana and Mason are kind of starting to tie into this story, right? And how Alana figures out where Hannibal is, right? Because last episode Mm -hmm. we talked about... Yeah, it's a great little scene. Yeah, we talked about, you know, she started to allude to like, oh, well, it's his taste that won't change and we have to follow that. And then I brought up the idea, well, like Bedelia has been buying these items, right, from the same store every every week or every day. And that's exactly what was brought up in this scene that we had, right? That yeah. She's been tracking these purchases made by Bedelia. So that's now all, all of a sudden where Alana and Mason were kind of a side story. Now they're kind of starting to get woven into the main story. Right, yeah. because they're they're in the hunt and they're they're on his tracks and they're they're getting a lot closer. From my first recollection, I was like, "Ugh, more Mason Verger! Like he's such a scumbag." I'm like, I feel like he's better in small doses, but I actually think he's deployed well here. I think there's just enough of him to have his presence be known, but uh, it doesn't distract. I don't think, and and you really get Alana and Margot doing more of the heavy lifting. I mean, Mason's still Mason. He's still a piece of shit because he's got dude, he's got some says to a lot of nasty nasty lines in, in this episode they're talking about hannibal and like he's asking how how did you taste right and mason's like sweet i bet uh i'm sure you got a taste of him too spinners aren't quitters and you don't strike me as a quitter <laughs> dr bloom is such a horrible line he's such what a piece of shit he's the worst it's so interesting because you know i mean you've brought up already that it's a different actor right than the one from Season two, yeah, he plays Mason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, if you never told me that, I would think you would have noticed. Like, yeah, because his even the way he he inflects his voice and the way his voice sounds, it's so similar that I I wouldn't even be able to tell if you didn't. Is it similar? Because I I feel like it was so similar. Like I still, I I I don't know. That's me. You don't think so, Jeff? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like his uh, affectation is so ridiculous. I mean, part of it's because, like, his whole face is missing. But, like, yeah. he, he sounds like a mangled, like, foghorn leghorn or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's not like a southern accent. But, like, you know, I don't know what it is. It's got, like, a twang to it. I don't know what it is. Um, okay, speaking of ridiculous affectations, I'm sorry. I got to go back to it. This is gonna go, we're going to go back, right back to Chio again. But, like, part of the reason her, like, discussions with Will don't really is like she's using the same kind of like yeah the same kind of affected language that uh he and hannibal and alana and bedelia it's like all dream use, like all dream this, dialogue yeah like dream but like it's kind of more rooted in like reality when it's a bunch of psychiatrists and psychoanalysts and criminal right, profilers right, 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 right. as opposed to like this random lady who i mean i guess she was around Hannibal our life so maybe she's also well versed in that shit but it just it it rings false 
with her mm. as like self-indulgent and like weird and navel-gazing as the dialogue is. Uh, I, totally I think it's just like it, a, it totally works with the other characters. Just doesn't. Yeah, work I think it. it's just like a Brian Fuller thing, but like you can't have everyone talk like that, right? So, exactly. That's what it yeah. is. It, it, it feels like he's doing like a weeding thing where everyone has the same voice, right? Yeah. I don't know though, because like he doesn't really have that problem because it's not like Potsy or Alana or I mean Alana a little bit, but Alana like, a little bit, or like Bella. Yeah, he or, doesn't really. So it, it jumps out at with you with Chia. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You're, you're 100 you're right on the nose with that yeah I, I and, agree. Then he, and then he like yeah like even when bella does like introspective deep shit it's like in the context of someone who's contemplating their own death and talking to their psychiatrist about it so like it all mm-hmm. makes sense right but like with 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 shio it's just like i don't know i mean i guess maybe you know will is trying to force her to these like epiphanies or revelations or whatever and his sort of mock hannibal imitation thing but mm-hmm. yeah it's just yeah that, that that rank falls although there's some there's there are a couple good bits i do like that Will admits to her that he's afraid he's going to become Hannibal if he doesn't kill him. Yeah. Um. What about Posse? What do you guys think of Posse? Yeah. I mean, we get a lot. Of, this is the Potsy episode, right? It almost Potsy. seems like yeah. Potsy. <laughs> Potsy of the Potsy. <laughs> yes, yeah, Potsy yeah. of the Potsy. I think early on, Jack's like basically prodding Potsy to be like, "Well, you you probably should confirm who this you know Hannibal person is." And Potsy goes ahead and does that. Right? He actually meets Hannibal disguising himself as Dr. Fell in his, like, right, his exhibit that he's curating. Mm. And, I mean, at that point, you know, Potsy realizes who he's dealing with, right? He's dealing with a, a monstro, right? As he yeah, calls him. a monstro, yeah. But he questions him about Dr. Sagliato, about... Um, I guess Dr. Fell. Oh, and Dr. Fell, yes, Dr. Fell. Yeah, because uh, it's like the two, uh, the two members of the Capone or whatever, right? Um, I do think that this depiction of Potsy is a little more sympathetic than the one we get, like, in the movie or the books. I don't know if you guys are, like, more familiar with that. Um, in, in the books, his main drive is his overbearing wife, who, like, has this, like, real penchant for, like, extravagance and luxury things. So he's driven by the need to, like, please his wife. And his wife is, like, a very, very unpleasant person and, like, the books but she's perfectly fine here um yeah she's by, uh, so nice in this, in mia, this mia maestro uh, um, yeah yeah and so like and Patsy's much more sympathetic here i think because because he does mention that he's a disgraced uh policeman or whatever but you never really get that much backstory to it uh but i think in the books he like uh he wrongly convicts some guy or something and so you get a little more insight into why he's disgraced but here it's just like glossed over and and i kind of like this i wouldn't say bumbling but like more shaded version of this character i i I do like this this depiction and i do like his tie to real life history right potsy of (laughs) the potsy i'm going to mention that again um who the potsy family they tried to orchestrate uh the assassination of the medicis back during the during the renaissance right and and uh, Hannibal makes <laughs> a great little uh, tie-in here, and I, I, I really like that too. To speak on, like, I guess the character of Potsy, like, I think it wasn't working for me for like the first couple episodes, uh, especially like the episodes three and four when he just kind of came in for one, one or two scenes, like, didn't really build on his character. Really didn't. I felt oh yeah, unnecessary, I agree. I agree. Unnecessary in those episodes, but 
I think it's it's really this episode where yeah you start to feel the kind of the sympathy for him because I think it is the introduction of his wife that helps with that. <laughs> but then you get the the side of him right what we learn in this episode that he's not the noble cop maybe he's maybe trying to to be right because he is later we see him on the payphone and he's instead of going to the actual cops he sells out instead wants the money from the bounty right Mm -hmm. so there is that kind of flip side that maybe his character is partially sympathetic but then at, at the same time like i i don't really have sympathy for him because he's about to do something illegal in a sense i mean it's the same bounty that uh obviously mason and alana have set on on hannibal's head that is his downfall he uh <laughs> I, I love this i love this shit it's so funny it's that that macabre hannibal humor again um where hannibal brings out this like wooden carving depicting his ancestor's death it's so fucked up can you imagine someone doing that to you yeah dude <laughs> yeah, Hannibal uh, just needs like a hype man in the background, just being like foreshadow. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, some of them depict with his bowels in, and some of them depict with his bowels out, or whatever. Yeah. So, like, it's so messed up. Um, but yes, that was a very, very funny scene. This kind of calls back to the end of season two, where Will and Jack lose all support from the FBI and so they've kind of got to go at Hannibal alone and they lose right. all, that insti- all that institutional support right and it's the same thing here with uh, Dr. Pazzi Pazzi I can't say his yeah. name but um, it's the same thing here he's denuded himself of any kind of support by selling out and going for the bounty and Hannibal's very aware of it to defend Pazzi a little bit getting ahead of ourselves I mean we learn in the next episodes that even if he went to the cops it still would have been, in, in a sense, corrupt. Yeah, yeah. Above board. Yeah, or yeah, they're they're not above being fortuitous and. Although and I don't taking... know if that's uh, put into place afterwards, though, or if that was always in the background. Like, well, I mean, I guess yeah, yeah, you're right. because case, it is Jack that gives off the clue right to the head inspector yeah. that you know Hannibal has a, a bounty on his head. So yeah, maybe maybe if if Potsy did go to the cops. Or the policia, uh, they would have done the right thing, and they would have just caught Hannibal. Yeah, well, I guess we'll never know, and Potsy might still be alive. <laughs> yeah, in any case, it's irrelevant because it's not like he does. He obviously isn't taking that into his motivation when he decides to do it. Right, like he's doing it for the money. Point by player, it's not like, oh well, I can't go to the cops with this. It's like I want the money. So yeah, so yeah, you don't really feel too bad for him. Hannibal's prepares uh, a super fucked up death for him, uh, and has him imitate and uh, imitate the the death of his ancestor. Right. Yeah. Which is so fucked up when he's like uh, pretending that he's like kind of gonna let him go, and he's like, "Hey, just answer my questions, and maybe I won't kill you." And slits him open and tosses him out that window. Crazy. He does that so fast too. It's such like a a jolt. He like guts him and then he like kicks him out the window uh, with the noose around his neck. So like when the force of the noose like hits his neck, all his bowels spill out, and like they spill out like right in front of Jack. Right, because he he just made it to Hannibal's like little observatory or whatever. Right? How does and, he know to find him there? Did I miss something there? Like, uh, I think he probably found out from. Did, did Potsy let him know? No, I don't know. Actually, uh, I feel like just Potsy wouldn't have let him know because he's guys. Trying Jack to... Jack's the guru, guys. He can. <laughs> there you go. This is, he's finally, using his guru skills, three seasons fucking in. Um, because before Potsy goes to find Hannibal before his death, there's like an updated computer file where they give uh, Hannibal's alias as 
Roman fell, right? So I don't know. Maybe mm. Jack had access to that, but but we know that Jack isn't on like official police business yeah, on this not, trip, yeah. right? So yeah. I don't know if he would have gotten access to that. I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't, there are a bunch of logic holes here, right? Yeah, like, whatever. In, the, in this episode, it doesn't matter, but it is again another Hannibal episode where the dreamlike logic is supposed to carry you. Uh, yeah. or, or the, the, but, the beauty uh, of the visuals is going to carry you over the over the lapses yeah. of logic. And, but uh, uh, yeah, this episode ends with the. Fight for the ages, right? This was great. I don't think we've ever seen Hannibal on like his back heel like this before, where he's just absolutely getting trounced by Jack. Yeah, definitely a puncturing of the myth, right? Because yeah, like, you, know, you know the the defining characteristic of the version of Hannibal is how like in control of everything he is at all times. He's this mastermind. He's never caught unaware, and even if he is, he turns things to his own ends. He's super manipulative, and you can't beat him in a fight either, and like, yeah, he's never, yeah. you know, call his pants down. and uh, God mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like, Jack makes him look like a mere mortal here. Yeah. I mean, it's not even a fight so much as just a ass-beating. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't a, think he lands a single hit. A single blow yeah. in here, right? This is just a, I mean... It's it's a great little shout to Hannibal himself. He sneaks up on him without his shoes or whatever. He, he turns yeah, the music off. Yeah, turns the music off. That's what, up that's on what Hannibal shoes. did to uh, Miriam. Yeah, that's a good parallel. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's really smart. And Jack starts the music, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's pretty good. He just covers it up there. Yeah, and Jack's smart in this fight, right? He kind of quickly, really quickly, mobilizes Hannibal, right? He like. Takes that hook, stabs him in his. Uh, I did not expect him to leg. stab Hannibal with the hook. Yeah, what is that thing? I don't know. It looks like a is fish like hook a, almost. It's like a grappling hook. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they focus on it so much. He like picks it up, and you're like, "Oh shit!" This thing is like wicked looking, and he's like beating the hell out of him. Yeah, tossing him through all those glass cases. Yeah, it reminds me of John Wick three. John Wick, yes. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Very good. Kicked through Very the good. glass like a million times. So one interesting thing that comes from their conversation while they're fighting is that, like, Hannibal even alludes to knowing that Jack gave Bella too much medicine. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's just Hannibal is smart enough to know that maybe that's what happened to Bella. But, like, that that's that's creepy that he even can recognize that that, that was what happened to Bella. Uh, so I, I thought that was an interesting bit of dialogue that came from the fight. As good as the fight yeah. was, that was an interesting bit of dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, more more monologue. Jack doesn't say much either, right? Like Hannibal's Hannibal's like the chatty fucking giving his chatty villain speech. Yeah. And uh, Jack's not having any any of it. Yeah, he's chatting him up, and then Jack's just like, "Hey, why don't you just uh, catch these fists?" <laughs> so. <laughs> But he does make the mistake, and he slips up, and Hannibal gets away, right? Because uh, that's completely implausible, right, dude? Like that—that that was one of the logic lapses where I'm like, all right, like this guy who just fell out a fucking window. I know he broke his fall with the inspector, but like, I, I just, I don't, I, I don't. Uh, come on, like, and Jack wouldn't be down those two flights of stairs in like point two seconds. Yeah, he put a he put a hook through his leg. There's no come way on, he man. could get away. Jack would definitely have been able to catch up at least. Catch up, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I thought that too, but I was like, eh, it's, it's, it's TV, <laughs> it's TV <laughs> magic or movie magic or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, it's a great ending to this fight. I mean, we got the big potsy event, right, with his guts just spilling out. Yeah, <laughs> and then we got the fight. So yeah, like I said, this this episode ends pretty strong in my opinion. Yeah, poor Mrs. Potsy. They just got married too. 
Yeah, newlyweds, and she seems such a lovely lady who isn't uh, hungry for money. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Potsy made the wrong choice. Yeah. Potsy of the Potsies made the wrong choice. <laughs> I think this is the end of the episode. Is there anything else you guys wanted? The only other thing I completely forgot to mention that struck me that was fun was Alana and Hannibal's conversation. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess uh, uh, as Hannibal's stringing up Potsy and getting him ready to be gutted, Alana calls to try and warn him. A little too um, late there, Alana. And she's just a little too late. I thought it was such a great, just smarmy, slimy dialogue there from Hannibal. But it's mm-hmm. smart, right? It's smart writing because the point of, well, I, I wrote in my notes, you know, um, Mason and Potsy have a Zoom call uh, earlier <laughs> in the episode. And Mason wants confirmation, right? He wants mm-hmm. that, that it is Hannibal, that this person is aligned to him. And, and in its own smart writing, it is confirmation, right? Because Alana knows exactly what Hannibal sounds like. So that is the confirmation. And We'll see what happens with with this information, you know, in the next episode or and in the episode after. Rewind that a little bit. What's what's confirmation here? The Potsy was there, you know, right to get some kind of fingerprint from Hannibal, right? And that's how he gets caught by Hannibal. Yeah, he tries to steal Hannibal's knife. Yeah, the yeah. knife with the fingerprint. So if if Potsy's dead, that's technically he could have died of something else. Like it's not an actual official confirmation for Mason, right? But if because Alana's on the phone with Hannibal, that is confirmation. Yeah, I guess I just, to know that I this mean, this person that they're hunting is Hannibal. Yes, that's actually a good angle I never thought of before. I guess the only thing I would say is that like a like Mason's like requirement of evidence is ridiculous. Like, why do you need like a fresh fingerprint? With like I don't know, it's, like it's an just, unlifted printer. Yeah, right? yeah, he like, needs like the, an actual what the, object. What do you come on? What do you what do you what do you do, it, dude? And like. The show kind of points to this by having Alana be like, you know, Hannibal's going to kill this guy. <laughs> like, what What are you doing? And so, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if, the, if that's a if that's a nod to the fact that maybe his confirmation was supposed to be Alana hearing Hannibal's voice the whole time. I, I don't know. That that's No, I don't think it's that. I think it's just coincidental. For, for Mason. Like, it, it, it just but, alludes back to an older, you know, a, yeah. a scene earlier in the episode. I thought, I for me, that's how I read it, and I thought it was kind of clever. Like, what's Mason's... Leonard, does he want Posse to succeed? But doesn't care that care if he fails because he has the backup of the whole rest of the police force on his payroll. Like, yeah, I guess so. As long as he knows that like Hannibal is in that particular city at the moment, then he can you know use his resources to try to get him, knowing that full well that Potsy might die. Well, I mean, you I guess, can, I guess yeah. he's he's not putting all his baskets on Potsy, right? Because it is a bounty. So um, it's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I just want to go back to that because I thought it was just a great yeah. conversation. Yeah, that is a great conversation. And and I really like how Alana has come into her own in these two episodes. And, like, she's got, like, such a different posture. She's got, like, this venom in her voice. And I, I really enjoy it. I always joke about evil Alana. But, like, she's not quite evil. But um, <laughs> Yeah, as we'll find uh, out in the next episode, she's not yeah, quite yeah. evil. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's get into episode six, Dolce. The episode really starts with Hannibal returning home, right? And then Bedelia's there to kind of sew him up, clean him up. And mm-hmm. I, I thought that was actually a pretty interesting shot right at the beginning of the episode, right? Like Bedelia's kind of sewing him up, like putting in the sutures. And then as she kind of cuts the end of the suture, that's when you, we see like the cut of Potsy's rope. And then we mm-hmm. see Potsy's like body fall down. I thought that was yeah. actually pretty, really, it was a nice, really nice. Nice little uh, match cut there. Yeah. I did yeah. like that one. That was a slip yeah. one. Yeah. This is the introduction you've been talking about, right? This is kind of where Will kind of comes back and inserts himself. And, you know, his face is all messed up because, he, of course, he got thrown off a train. Yeah. I mean, part of me is like, man, if you got thrown off a train, like, what are the chances you'll survive? But I guess, you know. 
it wasn't like a bullet train or anything. It was like yeah, one but of those old timey slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah trains go real, real slow. slow. <laughs> as as trains do, they go real slow. We'll, we'll, we'll probably ran the rest of the way. Like, I feel like, I feel like it's yeah, fine. yeah. But uh, this is kind of the part where we get you know Jack and uh, Will back together again. And I like that line. I mean, Will kind of questions, like, hey, why didn't you just kill Hannibal? Like, you had every opportunity, right? You had the upper hand. Why didn't you yeah, do it? Yeah, and Jack was like, maybe I'm waiting for you two or yeah, whatever. Like, Will, yeah, it's Will's the one. Out, but whatever. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, 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 could, I, just I totally could have beat just... him, but I needed you to do it. Well, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know if it's uh, like a... It's 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 TV show a metal, logic, metal commentary or TV show. Yeah, well, I, don't I didn't I didn't really buy it, but like whatever you know. Sense, but this is a yeah, this is a big Bedelia episode. Yeah, and I love it. It's great. Um, big and, druggy Bedelia episode. What a great plan. Yeah, but like Jack's not buying it. He's like to her immediately, yeah, he right? Have to. He doesn't have to, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. So Bedelia's whole shtick is that. She's pretending to be drugged and hypnotized by Hannibal into thinking that she's Lydia Fell or whatever. But but when Jack comes in, he's like, "You've been freebasing your alibi." What a great yeah, what line! A g- great line. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, um, excellent, excellent. Um, Actually, before we get into the Bedelia Jack thing, there is still like another Bedelia Hannibal scene, right? Where yeah, oh, yeah. Bedelia yeah. kind of takes control in a sense and tells Hannibal like, "I'm leaving." Right. Well, no, no. She says you're leaving. Oh yeah, you're leaving. Right. That uh, you know he's got he's got to go on the run now, right? And uh, because they're they're coming for him, and she's like, I'm not going with you because I have nothing to gain from that. I've already set up my alibi, which is cool because she did say like three episodes earlier, however long. She's like, Yeah, I already know what I'm going to do. So it was pretty pretty smart. I did like that. That was that was a really cool callback to to that. Um, and she does have that great line, like, you may make a meal of me yet, but not today. Right. Yeah. Like she not she she's smart. Too right, she understands what Hannibal is trying to do, and and it, at this moment, she kind of got the upper hand and is able to get away, I guess, smoothly for now. What an incredibly intensely like yeah sexual scene, by the way, right? Yeah, yeah. they even I mean, kiss. We, we, like like we get an actual sex scene in this episode, and I feel like this scene is like better than that. Like it's very. Incredible. Sensual. I don't know. Yeah, they're <laughs> very. Yeah, they're they're very good together. Uh, those two actors. Um, so, like, I think you also get a little more clarity of uh, Bedelia's psychology here, um, because uh, she's the one who nurses Hannibal back to health when she has every opportunity to kill him. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's like completely helpless in her hands. But uh, I think this just answers the question of whether she's observer or participant, right? And we're going back to that. And she's clearly just a participant now. And, like, she doesn't have what it takes to kill him. Um, so she's doing all this alibi stuff and telling Hannibal to leave. But she, she had every opportunity to, to murder him, right? But, but she doesn't. And, and I think that's very telling. And it's, it's, it's a very interesting insight into, into her character. Um, yeah, I don't think she has a motivation to murder him, as far as we can tell. Like, if you accept like what's going on in the show up till now, then like her motive, like she has no reason to suddenly like want to murder him. But she does have the ability to kind of cut bait at this point, and and, uh, and well, not only cut bait, but to get away here. And uh, yeah, but I don't think killing him was on the table if she didn't do it when at the very beginning when she had a chance to just shoot him when she, he was coming out of a shower. Right, that's true too. Yeah, you know, yeah, she yeah. wasn't going to do mm-hmm. it now. 
So yeah. I do think it's a little, still a little opaque to me why she ends up taking this whole European vacation with her serial killer sort of boyfriend. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, I think she is someone under his spell, right? Like, yeah, just not to the extent that she's pretending for the course of her alibi. Like, she's able to maintain enough of herself in order to set herself up with an alibi and to lay the breadcrumbs that get him caught. So th- that that's a question. That's something I always wondered since the very beginning of the season, actually. Do you think they're sleeping together? There is something very, very sexual about their relationship, right? The fact that he, like, washes her. Especially in, I think, the last these last two episodes are, are seen, like, you know, there, there's a point where, like, she's in her lingerie, he's in just like a robe and he's handing her wine and stuff. Like, I don't know. I I do think that partially this relationship has gotten physical. Like we don't see it, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it has. And I think there is an attraction on Bedelia's side also. I think it would have been more murky if there wasn't that kiss between them. But I, I do believe that they're sleeping together just off of that. I think, I don't know. It's hard to say. So, yeah, I don't know. So, I I kind of was going with no at first, sort of, before this episode. And I was like, well, yeah, kind of maybe. Like, how realistic is it that two adults look like that and are living together and are pretending to be husband and wife like that and not sleeping together, right? Like, Well, it just one, of, one of them is Hannibal Lecter. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. And so, exactly. So, in, like, the dream-like kind of, like, following the logic of this show that he's a serial killer and, like, his thing is not actual sex, it's death. And that, that mm. line between death and sex, which is always very thin in, you know, right. any relationship, is so much thinner with him that it's almost even reversed, right? So, like, it almost makes sense that they aren't sleeping together in this kind of universe because it's more, I don't know, it's it's a more perfect example of the archetype if if they're not. Right? Does that does it make any sense? That makes sense. That right. makes sense. Like, like mm-hmm. but yeah, like I feel like in a, in a in a quote unquote real world, these are two people who'd be sleeping together. I just think in the uni- in the in the dreamlike universe of Hannibal, it I kind think of that's the I think that's the point of this depiction, right? The show has no like qualms about showing sex, right? So but exactly, exactly. Right. So I mean, maybe that's the intention, right? and I think that that yeah, you could it's, say it's that supposed that's to walk that line. Brian yeah. Fuller's and. In- intention and and you you just I mean, just just a couple of minutes later you get that sex scene between margo and alana right which was a uh, which is trippy as fuck but i guess the question is are you saying that because we don't see them have sex they're not actually having sex i think it's an intentional choice to keep it at the very least ambiguous yes because if they yeah. if they wanted to show it to us they just would have i see right? yeah. okay and i and i think that um Keeping a universal version of Hannibal where they're not sleeping together heightens the, like, thematic resonance of Hannibal's, like, obsession with death. I mean, he's a fucking serial killer, right? And, like, death and sex are, you know, two sides of the same coin. And so it it heightens that contradictory, complementary relationship okay, if, they're so not, if they're not sleeping together, right? So, so like, let me ask you this, then. What's the difference between Hannibal's relationship with Bedelia and Hannibal's relationship with... Alana, right? Because you got to see a sex scene between Hannibal and Alana. Because he had to use Alana. Right? Exactly. He was using exactly. Alana. Yeah. He's he was he is using Bedelia too. She's she is an alibi and she's also gonna be a meal, I guess, eventually. But she's a meal the way Will's gonna be a meal, or the way her sister was a meal, like the way he eats people he loves. Alana, I don't know. 
Alana's a means to an end. Yeah, I think right? she is. And, and, you know? and Bedelia is in, in more murky territory. Yeah, right? Bedelia's it's, it's, like, yeah. I have to kill you because I like you so much. Mm-hmm. You know, the same way that Will is. Um, mm-hmm. Which is a weird psychology into it of itself, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's a fucking serial killer, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, anyway, it's really cool to see her, uh, uh, hold her own against Hannibal and get away here. It's very much ready yeah. for her. Um, and her alibi is so great, so genius. So, mm-hmm. it's all really good. But yeah, super, like, super intense scene there with, like, like, he doesn't have to agree to, like, let her go here, right? Like, like no, yeah, no, no. She knows, yeah. she knows him well enough to know that he doesn't want to kill her yet. Mm-hmm. And so she, like, still has that window to escape. But, like, He's also impulsive, like the way he kills Sugliano or whatever. Like he could, he could just decide, like, yeah, fuck it, I'll just kill her all the way out. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's just interesting. They're just, they're sort of, yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 it's a very satisfying relationship to watch. I guess I do like. Her. I um, what do you guys think of the Margot Alana pairing? The Margot part kind of makes sense, and I mean, well, it makes sense in the sense that she's already been established as a character that's, you know, is a lesbian. But then the Alana okay, thing. And, okay, wait, wait. And established as a character who's into Alana. I don't know if you remember yes. the scene where they meet in the stables, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's right. not, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Not Beginning entirely of the season, subtle yeah. about it, right? Like, she basically starts hitting on her immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the part that. I think what you're getting to is the, the Alana side we don't know so much. So sorry, you, you go. No, but yeah, that's exactly it. Like, is. I mean, I never thought that Alana was. A, not to say that her character couldn't be, but I never got the implication that Alana was. Uh, I mean, I guess bisexual in a sense, because, I mean, we do see her have a relationship with a male, right? Hannibal, and, and also um, attracted to Will. But it's not until this point that we all of a sudden now realize that she's bisexual, that she also likes women. Yeah, so that, that took me for a little bit of a loop. Yeah, Freddie Lounge was right there. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Speaking of oh. which, we haven't seen it all this season, right? Yeah, yeah we haven't yeah, seen her at all. Shut up. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree completely. I mean, I, I think it's believable in that Alana is, in her personal life, still so much of a cipher that you can buy that maybe this is someone who's bisexual and we just... Yeah, I agree. Because, like, we just don't know enough about her to be like, oh, this is so, like, out of character with Alana. Because as we've established, Alana doesn't really have so much of a character at this point. Like, she's still just a little bit thinly drawn, so this is sort of a nice... I mean, it's definitely out of left field, but it's a nice thing to have folded into her character. And, uh... I guess it makes for another cool, kaleidoscopic sex scene with Alana. It's, like, the second weird sex scene she's done. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty great. It's pretty cool. It's very like a psychedelic, like neat, like yeah, it's cool. I mean, not to get too far ahead. I mean, I do like this relationship. Like, I like where it leads to eventually. I think in the as we see it develop. So, like, I'm not against it per se. But I would say just at the beginning, it does kind of strike. It, it took me back a little bit. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely just because it's just not something you were ever really thinking. But uh, we do learn two things, I guess, at the end of this scene. Uh, well, there was an earlier scene with Margot and Mason, and Mason's in his creepy way saying that he wants to give Margot a child, saying that he thinks he could be a good dad, which is a, a joke. But uh, at the end of this, the sex scene, we learned that one, Alana in no way ever going to uh, allow or doesn't want to allow Mason to actually kill Hannibal, but instead would rather still turn in Hannibal to the FBI. So she's not quite evil, Alana. 
But then also Marco is <laughs> wanting somehow to get Mason's sperm. Her her niece and nephew would inherit the Verge of Fortune, and then she would be like uh, uh, the regent. Oh well, you already talked about it, right? Like Jack and Will go to see Bedelia, and she's all like, she's high as a kite, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, Jack doesn't believe her, and but at the end of that scene, Will has somehow slipped away, right? Um, and Jack has no idea where Will is, but then we find out that Will knows exactly where Hannibal's going. And I believe Hannibal's like in a museum and he's sketching, I'm guessing it's a Botticelli, right? Because they, they've been talking about it mm-hmm. the last couple of episodes. You know, they're kind of talking in this museum. One little detail that I really liked in this scene, I don't know if you guys noticed, like all of Hannibal's wounds from Jack's fight, or mo- most of his wounds on his face are like on his right side. And then if you look at Will, all of his wounds from the train accident, most of them are on his left side. So it's mm, almost like these like Ooh. two kind of like mirrors of each other, right? I didn't I didn't like notice the symmetry there, but I just thought it was really funny that both of them walked in there and they were both like all fucked <laughs> yeah, up. Fucked up. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just funny. It was like and they're like Will's like sup and Hannibal's like sup and they're all fucked <laughs> up. They got like wounds and stuff all over their faces. It's it's pretty funny. I, I do I do like that. And and Hannibal's when he's sketching, uh the faces are of him and Bedelia. Right? Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, he's drawing Bedelia into one of the the sketches and himself, uh, which is very interesting. Yeah, but they have a conversation and then like they're both agreeing. They're like, let's let's get out of here. I, I, don't, I don't I don't know. They both they both leave the museum and what we do see is that this is where Chio comes into the episode, right? Where we mm-hmm. see her with her sniper rifle. She's got Hannibal scoped up at first. But then, you know, we see her kind of shift uh, the sniper rifle barrel. And next thing we know, we, we see her kind of scoped on Will. Will's got a knife in his pocket that he's pulled out. And mm-hmm. Chio takes the shot and shoots Will instead of Hannibal. So this is the point where we we're supposed to be like, oh, Chio was protecting Hannibal the whole time. Uh, well, I mean, I think we, we knew that from the train, right? I don't think you can so. kind of so, like maybe say like okay well like Chio was out for herself in the sense like you know didn't want Will in the way and wanted Hannibal to herself right because like even the show sets it up that way because she scopes on Hannibal first and then shifts to Will it's almost like the episode wants mm. us to believe that she's still going after Hannibal but then all of a sudden she goes after Will yeah I don't I don't know, because cause before she throws Will from the train, isn't she like, it's always going to be in my nature to protect him or whatever? Uh, I think that's what she says. So I didn't think for a second that she was going to shoot Hannibal. I, I just thought, like, in the museum, Will was on his bullshit again with with uh, his obsession with Hannibal. I'm like, oh my god, Will, just just fucking kill him already or something. But it does look like he, he was going to pull something because he had that knife out and he was gonna get Hannibal but she oh well yeah that's why she shoots him yeah yeah um but I kind of agree I didn't think it was entirely clear that she was on Hannibal's side at that point because her conversation with Will is that like Will is scared of becoming Hannibal and Chio seems at least to me a little bit chary of uh of Hannibal a little bit like uh apprehensive about seeing but like she seems like she's hunting Hannibal a little bit 
Um, and to do what, I guess, what's not entirely clear, but it definitely didn't seem to me that she was, it, it, it didn't seem to me entirely clear that she was, uh, only out to protect, protect Hannibal. Yeah. Until she does that. I don't um, know. Maybe, maybe I'm letting my, my knowledge of future events, like cloud my, yeah, my that's it. I didn't, I, I didn't ever see her shooting at Hannibal with a sniper rifle. Like that didn't make any fucking sense to me. Like I, it yeah. was clear to me, she, it was clear to me she was there to shoot Will as soon as she showed up. Yeah, but, I, I think the most interesting thing is that she she had every opportunity to kill Will, but she did, right? So yeah, um, I mean, I, I, like I th- I think she probably knows that Hannibal wouldn't want it, presumably if she's you know. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I think her wavering between shooting Hannibal or Will would have. Like I didn't even read it as a possible character beat there, because she's too underdrawn. But had they had more time to do something with her, that might have been an actual interesting nail biting little visual like scene of her deciding who to shoot. But yeah, she's not fleshed out really, enough for that. Yeah. yeah, she's not fleshed out, and and the two characters aren't different enough in her mind because like there's Hannibal, who's like a horrible manipulating serial killer who she grew up with or whatever, or who's, like, her lord from her childhood or something. And then mm-hmm. there's Will, who's, like, a proto-serial killer, basically. Right? Yeah. Like, in the time, she doesn't know Will as, like, mild-mannered FBI investigator. He, like, shows up, manipulates her into murdering someone, and then is like, I'm gonna murder your, like, childhood, like, uh, boss or whatever. Right? Like, yeah. I don't know. She doesn't see him, I think, the same way that we see him. Like, he's scary. I think, like, I yeah. think he's, I don't know, dangerous. He's a, a Hannibal in a, in, a, in, a, in a cocoon of chrysalis. I don't know. Yeah. I guess before we get into the big scene of the, uh, the episode, the last thing I want to bring up before we get into that is the, we do see the, the lead inspector, right, of the Quistretta go visit Bedelia. He's caught on, right? He presents her with, like, the real image of... Dr. Fell and Lydia Fell. Roman Fell, Fell. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he, it is basically, he does kind of allude saying like, yeah, in this moment, hunting Hannibal, he's not working for the Crochet, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's our tip that he's going after the bounty rather than doing the noble thing of... Do we know how much the bounty is? It, it's got to be a lot, right? Um, I can't everyone's going is it, after is it. it. Is, is it the three million dollars? Yeah, is that's what I, okay, that's, I think. That's so. the, the first number mm. that came up that popped in my head too. So yeah, I'm guessing. They, I think they mentioned it like, like the last episode. I don't know, man. I think that's a little stingy for Hannibal Lecter. Uh, three million dollars for one person is a lot of money. I mean, it's Hannibal Lecter. You got to up that shit to like ten mil at least. I I want to get paid ten mil if I'm going after Hannibal Lecter. Right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you guys all know Jeff's price. I think that's the last thing before we kind of get into this big scene, right? Because uh, we see that when Will wakes up, you know, Hannibal is there helping him kind of remove his bullet. And then he tells him that he, I think, isn't the line, like, he tells him he dropped his apology or something. uh, And he shows him the knife. Right, right, right. That he was going to Basically, Hannibal knows now, like, oh, he wasn't there. Yeah, he was there to kill him. I mean, it's, I mean, I think that's perfectly clear from the moment they sit down next to each other, right? Um, Hannibal drugs Will, and then Will notices that, that there is an extra place setting at this dining table, right? And he asks, oh, are we expecting company? And this is where we get Jack, right? Jack enters the scene, 
which is weird. They had this they had this kind of weird elevator scene with him and Shio, and like Shio gets off at the same floor, but then just says uh, wrong floor, and then goes downstairs, and it's like I don't know. I, I didn't know what I to like think that, about that scene. I like that little like. I'm watching you, you're watching me, I see the gun in your pocket, I see the, you know, gun you're packing in your suitcase. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that whole thing. And then she was like, well, like, let's not do this right now. I'm just going to, like, peace out. And I kind of I kind of like that. Hannibal's got it. Hannibal's got it. Yeah, I, I kind of liked that. And, uh... uh Hannibal does, does indeed got it, because, uh... <laughs> he's hiding under the fucking dining table like a fucking boogeyman. Yeah, Jack enters the scene, he's got his gun up, he's ready, he goes up to Will, and Will's like, whispers like he's under the table, and then boom, like, uh, Hannibal just attacks. Slices his, uh... Achilles, right? Achilles tendon, and oh, I hate shit like that, it's so... (laughs) It looks so painful. But then... We got this. This is the big. That's not even the worst part. Yeah, this is the the big moment, right? Like Jack's tied up in that play setting that Will notices, and then Hannibal basically pulls out this. What is it? I mean, that's like a. a, uh, It's a cranial saw. Okay, thank you. Yeah, he has that line, right? Like we've been um, chewing at him figuratively. Now we can literally chew at his brain. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, because then he proceeds to try to start opening up Will's head so that, you know, that he would eat, eat his brain. But then the scene cuts, right? And mm-hmm. then the next scene is Will partially ha- has, you know, that wound still in his head, but both him and Hannibal are hanging upside down in in front of Mason. It's a little jarring, um, but I mean, I mean, it's obvious what happened right because we just talked about it right there's the investigator who's yeah, saying that yeah, yeah. he's not really part of the police at this moment so you imagine there is going to be in the next episode there is probably going to be some things filled in between the time of you know hannibal using that the saw. cranial saw and then where they get and they end up hung up in in front of mason you know there's some time that will be filled in but yeah you know, like we said we can kind of guess like you know probably the police are involved some way somehow but what we don't know is like well what happens to jack right i mean because he's tied up there but we don't see him in that scene so there's there's that question so this whole this whole cranial saw thing is a a call to paul krendler from signs of the lambs and hannibal right because he's the assistant attorney general right and he's played by ray Liotta. In Hannibal, yeah, Ray Liotta and Hannibal Lecter, he actually cuts open his head and makes him eat his own brain, right? So this is like a callback to to that. Uh, obviously, he he's not successful on on the show, and it, and it's in, it's Will Graham instead of uh, Paul Krendler, but um, just a neat little callback reference. Um, I was gonna say even like that small amount of that cranial saw we get see used on will that's pretty hard to watch right it's pretty hard to watch yeah like you just seeing that like all that blood just start flowing down will's head and you're just like would there be that much blood because there's that huge spray of blood when he because like i feel like you're the uh amir would you like to answer that i don't know i've never i've never cut someone's head open at dinner so uh um because I feel like the skin there is a little, it's pretty thin. It's just skull wear, right? I mean, obviously there's gonna be blood, but like, this is a big spray. 
<laughs> I yeah, I don't know if you get um, a spray that big, but it's it's a lot of blood, and like a little blood always looks like a lot of blood, right? I was gonna say maybe we're going for that Tarantino effect. Yeah, I found it a little bit hard to watch, and I'm glad it ended <laughs> quickly. Yeah, yeah, but this is a really good kind of cliffhanger, right? For the uh, for what will be the finale to, I guess, the first part of this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see that time filled in the gap. Right, what happens in between, and but also what happens next episode because we, this you know last couple of episodes we've been alluding to Mason trying to get Hannibal, and now he has Hannibal and Will, right? Because mm-hmm. he hasn't actually said he wanted Will, right? He's been really just going after Hannibal, but now he has both of them. Sorry, why would he care about Will one or the other? I th- I always thought the the implication is that he felt that both him and Will kind of worked together to get him. I mean, that is true, because that is literally what happened. So I guess, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess. But, I mean, I think he re- realizes that Hannibal is the kind of, the conductor to this this orchestra that, that uh, against Mason himself. So I understand why it's just going after Hannibal, but, like, I always thought that he would want to partially go after Will, too, but... I don't know. Yeah, it's funny. I never thought about it, but he should, right? Will does betray him. And, like, that does result in him, like, cutting his own face off. And Man, I, I just gotta say, Mason just does not know how to take the L, right? He does not know how to fucking <laughs> yeah. give it up, man. You're all fucked up already. It's over for you, man. Like, what can oh, yeah, you even do? <laughs> sorry, t- talking about Mason, we, we kind of skipped the scene, right? We, we There's a scene at the beginning of this episode where Cordell is, like, preparing him food that like oh, tastes yeah. like tastes yeah, yeah, like yeah. human or like mimics like human flesh so that i mean the the idea is that not only is Mason going to kill Hannibal he's going to eat Hannibal almost like the ultimate revenge we get the imagination of uh Mason where he, you got the cooked gross body of Hannibal mm-hmm. laid out on the table and he's walking yeah and he's walking so you know that's a dream sequence so just, yeah because he's he's paralyzed, right? Because Hannibal yeah. broke his neck, so um, that's great, great scene. And that probably ends this episode, unless there's anything else you guys wanted to bring up. No, I think that's it. I think next week we'll just be talking about the final episode mm-hmm. of this arc, and then the week after that we'll be speaking about something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a tease. Um we'll before we get into the final arc, I mean obviously it's Hannibal related, but uh we'll we'll talk about that when when the time comes. But yeah, we'll talk yeah. we'll we'll talk about that next week. But yeah, so next week we're only just gonna be doing episode seven. So it's not gonna be a two episode mm-hmm. watch, it's just gonna be episode seven because it like we said, this season's very much uh, almost a like two parter, part A, part B, and this is next week is kind of the end of part A. So we mm-hmm. we're just gonna dedicate the one episode and then like Jeff's alluding to, hinting at, we will do kind of a special episode in between starting up a season three again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I guess that will conclude this week's episode. Jeff, where can people find you? You can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com, and you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at strangeharbors. What about you guys? Oh, I guess it's me. I guess you can find me on Letterboxd. And what about you, Derek? You could find me at the wrong Daik. Daik is spelled D-A-Y-I-K, and that is for Instagram and Twitter. But if you like this episode, the easiest way to support our episode is to subscribe wherever you get your episodes, whether it be uh, Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any of the other major podcast platforms. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, another great way to support us 
is to give us a great star rating. The more kind of five star ratings that we have, the more it kind of affects the algorithms and kind of gets us out to more more people. So we definitely like to get this these episodes out to more people and 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 kind of uh, grow our listenership. So we could definitely use your guys's help on that. Yeah, and uh, if you guys have any questions, comments, suggestions, you can shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com. Um, we like getting listener mail and sometimes we read it out on the podcast. So, uh, feel free to shoot us a line. Um, and if there's nothing else, we will talk to you guys next week about episode seven. See you guys in. See you next week. See you guys next week.